Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, it's so good to see you guys this morning. How are you doing? Yeah? You're not sure? You're not sure how you're doing? Okay, all right. Well, uh, it's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning, and uh, God has been doing so much this weekend, and I don't know if you had the opportunity or took the time even to come to the women's conference this weekend, and uh, it was, uh, I wasn't there, just so you know, but I was told that it was pretty awesome. I was told that it was pretty amazing. So uh, I hope that you enjoyed it. We had a great attendance of, of ladies that came to be a part of that. And, and uh, I know that it was just a great night. The teams did such a fabulous uh, job in, in just not only expressing like the heart of God, but, but also like just people coming and feeling welcome and included and intentional and comfortable and all of those things that people so often work so hard on, you know what I mean, that you don't think about, you just kind of show up and you're like, wow, this is great, right? But there was people behind that. And I'm just so grateful that we have people in this church that love to use their gifts to glorify God. And I'm telling you, they're doing a fabulous job. And so for all of you that work behind the scenes and all of you that were up front, and everybody that was involved, I just want to say great job. Well done. I heard that we had about 50% of those that were attending had never been to the Beloved Conference before. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it's just great. God is up to something. It was so good. And uh, so... I hope that you met a friend or maybe you had a conversation with somebody you never met before and, and uh, maybe just maybe you feel included. And if you didn't come, hey, why don't you come next year? All right, come next year. It's going to be awesome. All right. All right. Well, uh, we are starting a new series today called The Blessed Life. And uh, I don't know uh, if you've ever been here when I've preached on this particular topic, but uh, I was so moved years ago by a book that I read, and the book is called, guess, guess what it's called? The Blessed Life. I know, I'm a very creative person. I mean, it's just crazy. The book is actually called The Blessed Life, and I always want to say that up front because, yes, there's some stuff that I say that's original maybe to me, but most of it is coming from this particular book, and I want to give honor to that because I just want you to know that this is one of the best books I've ever read on the subject of generosity. Now, I know that you hear that word and the first thing you think is, oh, I knew it. That preacher is going to talk about money and it's, oh, I'm out of here. I never want to come back. I get it. I understand why there's those kinds of stereotypes. And, and I just want to be up front with you. And I want to be very honest with you is I have no interest in your money. I don't. But I do need you to, I need you to know something. God does. Now, see, that's a different thing. Because, you know, you want to blame it on the preacher that somehow, you know, the, the, pre, the preacher just wants my money so he can buy a Maserati. I know it. I know what he's up to, right? I, mean, I get it. I get it. But the reality is, is that it's not that I'm interested in your money. God is. And why is God interested in your money? This is important. See, the Bible says that where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. So why would God be interested in your money? Because he's interested in your heart. He's interested in your heart. He's interested in what's inside your heart. He's interested in what's going on in your heart. And so today, we're going to spend some time talking about this 
idea of what's in the heart, what's really going on in our hearts. And so uh, throughout the series, uh, we have some of these books available. I've ordered more. And I just want you to know as a gift, as a gift, as a church, if you don't have one, take one. It's a gift to you because I believe so much in sowing this seed into your life that God will do an amazing work if you would simply allow yourself to, to take open that book and read it and do what God tells you to do because God wants to do an amazing work in your life. And it doesn't have anything to do with your, your preacher wanting your money, I promise you. Because you know what I want? I want to see the rewards of God unlocked in your life through generous living. Because guys, here's the thing I know about God is even if you don't want to be blessed. Like even if you just like, you know what, I'm good. I don't want to be blessed. I don't want the rewards of God. I'm, I'm good, God, because everything I do is unto you. It's always a gift. It's a serve unto you. Here's the thing I know. God will always bless you. If you will do things the way he tells you to do it, he will, quote, reward you for the things that you've done. Now, We'll get to all that throughout the series, but I just want to be upfront with you as we start this series because this is so important that we get a hold of this revelation and this truth. And so today we're going to start, and the, the message that I have for you today is actually titled, uh, uh, let me think what it is. You know what I mean? It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And so I want, to, I want you to turn in your Bibles, if you have them, if you don't, they're on the screens. It'll be on the screens for you. But, but I, want to, I want to just zero in on a book called Matthew, reading in chapter 7. And I'm going to just read verses 1 and 2, okay? Verses 1 and 2, and this is out of the book of Matthew. Listen to these words. You've probably heard them. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. You got it? Very simple, very straightforward. Do you notice in there that it's no mention of money? Like there's no mention of money in that passage of Scripture right there. Just those verses. Correct? Do you see it? I don't see it. And so what we see is judgment. We see measurement, but we don't see money. Now, just, just for us today, I want us to commit to memory, short-term memory, this phrase, okay? So let's all say this with me. Judge not, and you will not be judged. Okay, you've got that. Say this, with the same measure you use it will be measured back to you got it so the bible is very clear it says judge not and you will not be judged with the same measure you use it will be measured back to you it's important that we start there because clearly jesus is getting at something he's getting at something very important now what i want you to do is flip over to the gospel of luke so we just started in the gospel of matthew we just read a passage of there there's four gospels matthew mark luke and john and so we want to look at another one of the gospels that says similar things but adds a nuance watch this and this is in luke chapter 6 
37 through 38. Listen to this. Verse 37 in Luke. Judge not, right? And you shall not be judged. You've seen that. Now, go to the very end of verse 38 that says, for with the same measure, go down, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Do you see it? You maybe not see it, but you hear it. <laughs> so judge not, and you shall not be judged. Then, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Same stuff happening in Matthew that just happened in Luke, correct? All right, so, so same stuff. But then watch this. In verse 38, same Jesus. Verse 38, it's important you see this. Jesus says, give. Do you see it? Give. Give. <laughs> Got it? Give. And it will be given to you. Correct? Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. That's what the Bible says. So, so, so you have judge, then at the end it says, it talks about the measure that you measure it by, and then right there in the middle, in the Gospel of Luke, we see that Jesus says, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. Did you notice that it doesn't say anything about money? Did you see that? Isn't it interesting that when we see the word give, we always associate it with money? See, see, Jesus is getting at something that's much greater than our infatuation with trinkets and shiny things. He, he's trying to help us to see a principle that's behind all of it. That there is a generous life. There's a giving life that is represented in the character and nature of God. Yes? When he says, the Bible says that he, for, he so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave his only begotten son. See, our God is a giver. And what he wants us to grab hold of is a generous heart and a generous spirit. And, and the thing that sometimes gets in the way is we focus on the things that Jesus isn't even talking about. Does it include money? Sure it does. It includes everything. Because Jesus calls us to see the principle behind what he's saying. In other words, if I do this, this will come back to me. This idea of the law of reciprocity, the sowing and reaping. If I judge, I will be judged. If I give, I will receive. Do you see it? See, see, Jesus is trying to help us to understand a principle that is so important. It's a universal principle that we all have to see. And that is this, that you will always receive back more than you give. You will. You'll always receive back more than you give. Now, I know, immediately when I say that, you think about money. That's part of the problem, is that it always goes to that. It does include money, but it's so much more than that. Because do you notice that in this context, Jesus is talking about judgment? So in other words, the way I treat people, if I judge others, the Bible says I will then be 
judged by the same measure. If I sow, listen, if I sow kindness, what does that mean? I will then reap kindness. You're starting to get it. If I sow forgiveness, I will reap forgiveness. That's the reward. That's what God has set up. That's his system. That's his economy. And this also relates to our money. But it's not just about our money. It's about creating a giving heart. Because when we have a giving heart, it can permeate every area of our lives. We give kindness. We give grace. We give love. We give our money. Do you see? See, we give our time. We give our talents. We give our treasures. And the Bible says that if we will do that, all of those things will return. And they will return. Listen, isn't this crazy? Like the Bible says this. Listen to this. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. And running over will be put into your bosom. Whoa! Now, that's an agricultural term. So you're like, what does that mean? I don't even understand. Well, if you go back to the ancient Near East and, and you, you think about what was happening in Israel, this is a, an agricultural example. And, and what would happen is they would have a field, and in the field they would have a harvest. And in that harvest, the people who were paid to bring in the harvest would work in the middle of the field. And they would work, and they would work all day, or the, they'd work the amount of time that they were contracted to work. And they would fill their baskets, and they would take their baskets over to the place, and they would dump their baskets out. And quite frankly, they didn't care how much they had in their basket or not. They just put some stuff in the basket, got it over to the truck. Oh, wait, they didn't have trucks. Got it over to the burrow, and they 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 they. They put it on the, on the little thing or the burrow basket guy and, and they would put it there and then they'd go back and get more. Didn't matter how much they would bring in in that moment, they knew they had to go back, come back and forth, back and forth. Because why? They were being paid to work a day. So it didn't matter. Now here's the interesting thing about what's happening in this passage of scripture and you gotta see it. Is that Jesus is drawing our attention not to the people in the middle of the field, He's drawing our attention to the people at the corners of the field. Because in Israel's culture, the people at the corners of the field were the poor. They were people that couldn't afford to get food. So at the corners of the field, there were leftovers. And what happens is the, the poor would come and they would, they would take their basket and they would come to the corners of the field after they had already been through and, and done their thing. There were leftovers. And so what they would do is they would grab things out that were on the ground and they would put them in their basket. Does this make sense? So they would put it in their basket and they would fill their basket up. Now, these guys could have come miles to get the food. They weren't coming back and forth and so the Bible's saying that they needed to make sure that they got a full bucket. Does that make sense? So, so, so what happens is they put the stuff in, and then the scripture uses language like good measure, pressed down. Can you picture it? So you get some, you know, some grain or whatever, some corn or I don't know, whatever, and, and they would push it down. With me? They push it down, and they push it and push it, push it down as far as you could. Have you ever done that? Like, like if you were on a shopping spree and you had a grocery basket and you were running through the store, you'd push it down, push it down, right? And so you push it down, and, and, and then once you get it pushed down, you would shake it. Now, why would you shake it? 
because the, there's air between it, right? There's space between it. So you're shaking it so that it starts to, to, to flatten out even more. And then you put some more in, you pour some more in, you're starting to see it. And what happens is all of a sudden, you get as much as you possibly can in that basket to the point, the Bible says, that it's overflowing. Picture that. And they pick up their basket and they go home with the provision that they need. That's the image that Jesus is trying to get us to see. That when we give, this is how God responds. Isn't that crazy to think about? That when we give our hearts, when we give our, our kindness, when we give our money, when we give our time, all of this, God says, I will press it down. I will measure that thing. I will, I will make sure it is nice and packed in there. Not only is it going to be nice and packed and you're going to have a hard time carrying it, but it's also going to overflow onto the ground and somebody's going to have to get a broom behind you picking up the leftovers. You with me? That's the image that Jesus gives us. I don't know about you, but that excites me that we serve a God that is that generous, that we serve a God that is that generous, but why? Why is he that generous? Well, guys, it's really simple. He is modeling for us. He is modeling for us what's at the very core of who he is. And he's wanting us to be like that. Now, I know none of us in this room have any problems with greed. None of us have any problems with materialism in here. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. <laughs> I'm being facetious, if you didn't pick up on that. But, 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 but God has something for us, and he wants us to see this principle that is so important that if you have an apple and you cut that apple in half and you take the seeds out of that apple and you give those seeds away or you plant those seeds, what happens? You get a tree, an apple tree did you know that come on you guys knew that i mean it's all you horticulturalists horticulturalists whatever you know that if you take the seed you plant it in the ground if you didn't know that i'm sorry we we've got to do better in education <laughs> but if you take the seed you plant it in the ground and everything's equal it should turn into a tree isn't that amazing that if you sow a seed, you don't just get an apple back. You get a tree. Do you see it? And there's a spiritual principle here that's not just that you get the tree, you get the same kind. Like they're same kind. So if you sow love, you get love. You get a love tree. If you sow kindness, you get a kindness tree. If you sow judgment, you get a judgment tree. Do you see it? So it's not just one for one. It's one for like, oh, bunch. That's what God says. See, this is the thing that God so wants us to grab hold of because if we don't understand this, we will not understand the very heart of God. The seed is the potential for God to do the miraculous. The seed is where it's at. Now, God is always going to give us back more, but here's the temptation. I don't know if you've ever had this temptation. The temptation is to give to get see that's the temptation isn't it like in other words i'm gonna give so that i can get something back see what god would say is your motive is bad 
Like your motive is off. Your motivation is off. So we're tempted to kind of go in that direction because we have some stuff in our hearts that just isn't good. You ever felt like if you had a lot, you'd be more generous? <laughs> oh, that's so funny to me. It really is, guys. That is one of the most laughable things I've ever seen. I've known very wealthy people that just because they had lots of money didn't mean that they were generous with it. I, I've met lots of people that were very wealthy and were terrified of losing it. I've met very poor people that you would think were generous, but they're very stingy because it's like, I don't have enough. So they have a, a scarcity mindset. And so they're unwilling to be generous. Because see, you know, God's an equal opportunity offender. So if you're rich in here, or if you're poor in here, or if you're middle class, well, I don't care what it is. There's a heart thing that has to be addressed because whether you have a lot or a little, you have the same temptation. You have the same problem. You have this idea that if, if, if I don't hang on to it, if I don't invest it properly, if I don't do this, if I don't do this, then what? I will not have enough. And yet we serve a God who has the cattle on a thousand hills. We serve a God that has more than enough. We serve a God that demonstrated his generosity to us at such a level that he was willing to offer his son for us. So, so when we say, when God tells us to be generous, he's already proved it on the street. And so the issue is us, is that we start to think God meant something else. And then when we start to think we give to get, we, start, we actually start to wonder if, if the reward should be the motivation. And friends, the reward should never be the motivation. That's why people get in trouble. Some of you maybe have been in environments or churches or places, or maybe you've seen something on TV where there was some preacher and he was talking about your gifts and your money. And it felt like that's all he was ever talking about. And you started to wonder if that's all he wanted was your money. Because some people have taken this passage of scripture out of context and they've communicated it in such a way that it associates it with money. It is associated with giving. And giving is much more than money. Matter of fact, I think what Jesus is saying is greater than what the preacher is saying. And so the preacher is saying all of these things, and then you get this idea that I get into this kind of get-rich-quick scheme, right? You know, if I give God some money, he's going to give me money back and, and I'm going to be wealthy. You know, if you, if you sow a dollar, God is going to do, you know, and I get all that. But I just want to say to you, God will always be faithful to his promises. Whatever his promises are. If he says he'll reward you, he'll reward you, okay? But God is very clear that he is interested in what? Your heart. So I just wonder if sometimes God sorts that out. Like if we give the hundred and our heart's wrong, God's like, no, I'm good. I'm good. You could have just kept your hundred. Because I'm not broke. Heaven is not in bankruptcy. God, God is not like the federal government in terms of debt. He's doing just fine. 
So there's this principle that God wants us to see. There's this principle that he wants us to grab hold of, this good, I don't know about you, but I want some of that in my life. I want some good measure, press down, overflowing kind of rewards in my life. And the way you get it is you have to examine your heart. You got to look at your heart because that's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about sowing and reaping, and he's talking about your heart. And so just for a moment, I want to look at something in Deuteronomy chapter 15. If you have your Bibles, turn to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 15, 7 through 8. Stay with me. Starting in verse 7. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren within any of the gates in your land, which the Lord your God is giving you. Everybody say giving is giving you you shall not harden your heart do you see it you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand to your poor brother but you shall what open your hand wide to him and be willing heart matter be willing be willingly led lend him I'm going to get it right, I promise. To him and willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever his need. So you see very clearly that God is saying that, that we don't live like this. We don't live like this. We live open-handed towards people who need. We live open-handed. And so it's a, clearly a heart issue. Clearly it's an open-handed issue. Clearly it's a willing issue. So how in the world do I get to a place in my life that I'm generous like God? Well, I want to talk about four things, four things. If you're taking notes, four things that we need to do if we are going to become generous givers, generous, generous givers. Number one is we have to deal with a selfish heart. We have to deal with a selfish heart. Listen to this in Deuteronomy 15, 9. Same passage, verse 9. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. Do you see it? In your heart, saying... The seventh year, the year of release, is at hand. And your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cries out to the Lord against you, and it becomes sin among you. Now, what is he saying? He's saying that selfishness is wickedness. You ever, you ever like, think about that? Like, I think sometimes we, like, placate sin, or we, like, mask it, put some lipstick on it, but ultimately... It's evil. It's wicked. So what he's saying is that selfishness is wickedness. So selfishness is a problem. And it produces a particular type of sin in our life. A greedy kind of approach to our existence. And so, so, so he's going through this and he's talking about if we don't honor this need. Because I don't know if you know this. In Israel, they had a seven-year cycle. That if someone's in debt, at the end of the seven-year cycle, that debt was forgiven. Isn't that crazy? Like, that's how they did, did things. So, if someone comes to the lender, the guy that has, that needs something, right? So, he's like, I need help. And, and it's the seventh year. If he lends it now, do you see the problem? He's not, he's not going to get it back. It's, 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 it's like it's a problem. And, and so, he's like, he's struggling to cancel a debt because he wants to get something from it but he's not going to get anything from it so he looks at the kind of the you know he weighs it he, he looks at it like, oh, this is not a good investment 
And, and, and what, what, what the Bible is saying is, if you do that, you are looking at it wrong. You are not, not seeing it properly. You have actually gone to the other side of wickedness and selfishness because you're no longer being somebody with an open hand and generous towards those that are in need. You're actually trying to think what you can get from them. There's a, there's a term in the Bible called usury. And it's a hard term in modern society because usury has to do with, it's like credit cards. It's, it's not good, okay? And usury was always considered bad. So I, won't, I don't want to offend anybody that works in the banking industry. I love you. I love you. But there is something that the Bible has to say about these things. And so, so like, for example, like the, uh, the places that give loans to people for like cars or, uh, you know, you need a quick loan, right? I don't know if you've ever seen the interest rates on those. They're like 300% or something. I mean, it's nuts. So I'll let you sort that out. So clearly, Jesus is, or, or, or that Moses is telling us that we need to make sure that we look at our heart because if we start thinking about it, what will happen is that we won't do the things that God has called us to do. He wants us to, to be generous. And so what happens is when you start to see the bottom line, have you ever had this thought? You start to worry. You start to fear if you're going to have enough. Come on. I've learned in, in my time of ministry is that most of the time people don't tithe because they're afraid. There's fear in their heart that if I do it off the top, I won't have enough to pay the cable bill. That if I do it right off the top. And so what you end up doing is you, well, you do nothing or you do something at the end. And I just want to say to you, God is more interested in your heart because he wants you to take a step that puts him first. And we're going to talk about through the series. We'll get, we'll get through some of that. But it's so important that we understand we've got to look at the selfishness in our own heart. And so why did God invent giving in the first place? Like, what's the purpose? You know, do you think Satan invented it? No, Satan's not interested. Satan is interested in stealing and killing and destroying. So God invented giving for a particular reason because he, what he wants to do is make sure that we're modeling to the world what he's like. And what, I just think sometimes that people think that God invented giving because the church was broke or the preacher needed money. Guys, this has nothing to do with it. God is doing fine. Heaven is fine. He's trying to address something in us. He's trying to help us to see that if we don't look at this, we will be consumed. Yes, we will be consumed with the things of this world. And we will start to have closed hands towards God and towards our brothers and sisters. And I don't know about you, but that scares me. See, selfishness is incestuous, or not incestuous, it's insidious. It's, it's, it's evil. And it permeates all of our lives. And what God says is, I've got the antidote, and the antidote is generosity. The antidote is giving. The antidote is being open-handed towards people and towards God. That's what he wants us to see, right? Give, and it will be given to you. That's what the Bible says. Give, and you will get. Give, and you will get. You're like, come on, preacher, preach that. Give, and you will get, right? You're like, yeah, love it. Well, yes, 
I want you to get. But man, I want you to catch a revelation of giving. Friends, because you can't outgive God. And if you will honor him in this way, you will see the heavens open up and your cup will overflow. And I could line up people right here on the stage. I say, hey, do you have a testimony to give around tithing? And you would have people come up here telling you, let me tell you about it. Let me tell you, I did this and this happened. I did this and this happened. I did this and this happened. Pastor, are you making that up? No, I'm not making it up. I see it all the time. All the time. God is moving in this way. And see, God doesn't want to see. See, when you come to Christ and you become a born-again Christian, he doesn't want you to be a born-again getter. He wants you to be a born-again giver. Not a born-again getter. We, we get, 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 get. No, he's not interested in that. He's interested in you become a born-again giver. That's what he wants for all of us. That's what he wants for you. Have you ever tried to teach a child, a little, little one, about being generous? Have you ever noticed that sometimes kids are selfish? They're just selfish, selfish. And, and, and you're like, here, share your toys with Billy. No, it's mine, right? It's mine. Now, I know you probably have a, a gem of a child that is just generous all the time. And you're like, well, am I? You know? No, children have to be taught to share their toys, to share the things that they have. We come out selfish and God wants to form in us a generosity that isn't tight fisted but that's open-handed. And so we were born with a selfish nature. But with Christ in our life, we can overcome that selfish nature and become the people that God wants us to be, which is ultimately people with a heart of giving. Now, any of you men in the room like to share? I mean, some of you love to share. I don't know about you. Have you ever been with guys? I mean, guys don't share food. Like it's, you know, like some, some people, like some of you guys do, but most of the time guys aren't sitting around like, here, taste this and try this. So, can I have a bite of yours? You don't see that very often. Now with ladies, it seems they get together and everybody's like, oh, try it, you try it. No, you try it. Oh, try it. And this is so yummy. Can you try this? Let's try that. Can we get some more? We all try it. We'll just all just have a try at it. <laughs> Or like, like you guys, you ever had this happen? I have, I, have, I have this happen all the time, and it drives me crazy, guys. Come on, as you go through the you go through the fast food place, you go through the window, you know, and you, you're like, I, I would like a hamburger, and some fries, and a drink, right? Like that's what I want. Honey, do you like? Would you like anything? Would you would Would you like anything? No, I'm good. I'll just have some of yours. <laughs> do you understand? why I asked you. Do you understand the, 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 what's happening here? So like when I say, would you like something? You say, yes, I would like my own fries. I would like my own soda so that I don't have to sip yours. Because my wife, sipping, that's not a sip. That's a gulp. And now I don't have enough to wash down my fries and hamburger. Come on. Mm -hmm. I'm sure none of you have experienced this. 
But it's so weird to me. It's like, when they, it's like just order something. It's going to be fine. I mean, I'll get it for you. I have, I have like plenty of money to get you French fries. It's going to be awesome. But, and, 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 and you know what I do? This is, this is where it goes. Is I order what I want. She doesn't order anything. And then when she asks for something, you know what I say? No. <laughs> you should have ordered your own. Isn't that horrible? There's selfishness in my heart. But I feel like I got to teach her a lesson. <laughs> Come on, guys. This is so good. But if we don't address the selfishness in our hearts, we'll hold on to things, won't we? We'll grip them tighter than we need to. Like there's plenty of French fries in the world. You could always make another round. You know what I mean? If you're still hungry, go for another round. But, but we get in this mode that I'm going to lose out. I won't have enough. And then we become protectionists. And we stop living with our hands open and generous to people we love, to people we don't love, to God, because we feel like we have to protect it. And that, my friends, is not what God is interested in. So we got to address our selfishness, our selfish heart. Number two is we have to deal with a grieving heart, a grieving heart. Because see, what I've learned is that in Deuteronomy 15, verse 10, God is trying to address this idea of a grieving heart because, let me just read it and then I'll explain it. Verse 10, you shall surely give to him, same fellow that was in need, and your heart, see it, and your heart should not be grieved when you give it to him because of this thing, the Lord will bless you in all, everybody say all, all your works and in all, come on, to which you put your hand. So, so what he's saying is, when you give to somebody, don't be grieved. When you give to somebody, don't sit around thinking, oh man, I'm not going to have enough. I was faithful to you, God, but now I'm grieved because now I'm looking at the bottom line thinking to myself, I'm not going to have enough. And so what he's trying to get us to see is that when, when we do that, we lose sight of the fact that God is more than able. And matter of fact, as you read the last part of that, it says, God will bless you. God will bless you in all of your works, in all of your hand. I mean, that is significant. And so here's the question. If I'm feeling grieved after I give, then there's something going on in my heart that isn't trusting God. Because he clearly says, I got you. I, don't worry about it, kid. You're going to be fine. I've been following Jesus a long time, friends. And that has always been true in my life. Always. And I've come from nothing. And God has always been faithful. Always been true to his word. God wants us to see that giving with the right heart really does matter because see if God if I can get this heart change done in my life then God says he's going to bless me if I can get this heart change right in my life God says he's going to bless my finances if I can get this heart change right in my life God says he's going to bless my kids if I can get this, come on, if I can get this heart change in my life, he's going to bless my marriage. If I can get this heart change right, he's going to bless my relationships. He's going to bless my friendships. He's going to bless everything that my hand touches. Come on. Everything that my hand touches is going to be blessed. Oh, I don't know about you, but that's good news. And please don't let some preacher a long time ago confuse you about this reality. 
Please don't let somebody that hurt you or took your money and did something that they shouldn't have or whatever stand in the way of you receiving the blessing of God. Because God wants to bless you. Oh, wouldn't it be fun if everybody in the church was blessed? It would. And I'm not just talking about like where you walk around like, yeah, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. But then like on the inside, you're just miserable all the time. Your finances are anemic. Your relationships are anemic. Everything around you is anemic. But you're really blessed. Oh, I just think that'd be exciting. I think that'd be fun. And so if we can't get this heart right, what happens is we get in trouble. We get in a bad spot. We, we start to do things we, we, we shouldn't do. And, and then what happens is it leads to certain emotions that are going to hijack the abundance that God wants to bring us. And one of them, after we give in a grieving heart, is, is, is that selfishness attacks us before we give. Like there's a selfishness that comes in that, that, that keeps us from giving. And then here's the other thing. There's a grief that attacks us after we give. Like, you, you know, you start to think, oh, I'm not going to have enough. Just not going to be enough. And you start to live in this, and that's the temptation on both sides, is that you can live with fear on both sides. You can live with selfishness on one and grief on the other. All of those things will keep you from being the person you want. Now, this year has been hard. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's been hard on my family. We've done all kinds of crazy stuff this year. But I'll give you the short version. So my sister-in-law had a stroke, okay? That led to us needing to sell her house. Her house was where Gretchen's parents lived. So we had to sell that house because she couldn't work. So we sold that house, and then Gretchen's parents were now without a house. So what we did is we sold our house, bought a different house, and we've been working on the basement so that we could bring Gretchen's parents into the basement and live with us, and Sarah live with us as well. Does that make sense? Friends, have you ever built out a basement? I mean, some of you are like, yeah, nothing. Got it. Easy. <laughs> Heard of inflation? Holy moly. <laughs> like, I know that the government doesn't think it's real, but it's real, friends. Your dollar does not go as far as it used to. Even if they're playing kabuki theater on you, it's real. It's real. And so, you know, you have a budget. You're like, I'm going to have a budget. I'm going to build out this basement. Well, I can tell you this. My budget didn't go as far as I wanted it to go. And I tell you, I've, I've had to beg, borrow, and almost steal <laughs> to get this thing done. And there have been people in this church that have helped me. There have been people that, you know, and I've, people have called in favors. But at the end of the day, I'm looking at my bank account, and I see blood. Like, it's just, you ever felt like you were bleeding? Like, you're just like, I, I don't know if we're going to, I don't know. Hey, how are you going to pay for that? I don't know. <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, it's been a journey for me. And there have been days that I've been so tense. And, 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 you know, like you get, it's like the money. I'm just bleeding cash everywhere. And you just, you're like, you start to feel it. Yeah. You ever feel that stress, that pressure? And I've had moments where I was, I, was, I, was, I was in a hard place. I had to talk myself through it. I've had moments where I was on top of it, like, I got this. God got this. We're all good. It's going to be good. You know, and you go through these emotions. And see, friends, those are tests. See, these are tests. 
Whether God causes them or not, they're tests because they reveal what's there, right? And so, so, so I've learned that when I go through those things, I've got to learn, this is the best question I always have to ask and always that you need to ask is, God, what are you trying to teach me about me? Not what are you trying to teach me about everybody else? What are you trying to teach me about me? As I go through this journey, what are you trying to teach me? And this is what I learned. Yes, I believe all this stuff, but I tell you, it's harder to believe when you don't have any money. It's harder to believe when you're bleeding. It's harder to believe sometimes, right? And there have been times that I would give because God told me to give, and, 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 and there's a part of me on the back end of it, I'm like, I should have probably kept that because I've got this thing that I need. You know what I'm saying? That's where, that's where it was. And I, as far as I know, I didn't sin. Because what I did was I tried to take it to the Lord. I tried to come out of it. I tried to speak with God. I tried to be encouraged by the, the truth that he is the most generous, that he's got me, that he's going to bless what I'm doing. Because the Bible says not only if I tithe that God will bless me because he says that, but in addition to that, you know what Jesus says? He says, whatever you do to the least of these, whatever you do to the least of these, you've done unto me. Friends, when God is on your side, you should not be concerned. You should not be worried. You should not wonder whether or not God is going to show up because these are the words of God. And friends, I don't know about you. I've been in places where I wanted to, I wanted to run. I was scared, but I stayed true because I believe God's word is true. And I hope you do as well. I hope you'll grab hold of this because if you don't, you'll stop being the generous person or you maybe never become the generous person that God wants you to be. Number three, number three is we have to develop a generous heart. Deuteronomy 15, 13 says this, you shall supply him liberally from your flock, from your flesh threshing floor, from your wine press. Now, liberally, that means liberally. That means that you don't have any barriers on it. So you're providing from your flock, from your threshing floor, from your wine press, and then the Bible says, from what the Lord has blessed you with, you shall give to him. Do you notice that the Bible says that you give out of your blessing? You give out of your blessing. It doesn't say you give out of your scarcity. It gives out of your blessing. Well, how is that possible? Well, it's possible when you do God, when you do unto the Lord what he tells you to do. Because if you tithe, you become blessed. If you don't tithe, you are not blessed. That blessing leads to you being able to do what? Bless others. Do you see how God set this up? And so clearly he's saying that you will give to him out of your blessing. And the assumption is, is that you got the blessing because you were now honoring God with your finances. Is this good? I think it's good. I know, I don't know about, I'm not sure you guys think it's good, but I like it. Last one, we need to develop a grateful heart. We need a generous heart and we need a grateful heart. Listen to this in Deuteronomy 15, 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. What's he saying? What's Moses getting at? He's saying, I want you to be generous. But in order for you to be generous, you have to learn to be 
grateful. You have to start with gratitude. Because if you don't have gratitude, you will never end up being the generous person that God wants you to be. There's a reason that he says, remember, before he commands you to give. Did you see that? There were two words in there. One was to remember where you came from. Remember what I've done for you. Therefore, I command you to do this. So God didn't command him to do this without talking about the remembering. Can I, can, I, can I just say this, guys? If you're a follower of Jesus today, which I'm not assuming you are, but if you're a follower of Jesus today, your life should be a life of gratitude. I'm not saying that you're not going through hard times. I'm not saying that this world hadn't hit you in the face multiple times. I'm just saying to you that because of what God has done for you, come on, because of what Jesus has done for you, because of what God has done, and that's what he's saying to Israel, when you guys were in slavery, who's the one that showed up? Who's the one that came down there and showed Pharaoh who was who and brought you out of that slavery? into the land of milk and honey, right? Who did that? And then I just think about my life. This is how God reached into my mess, reached into my brokenness, my sin, my broken environments that I grew up in. He reached right into the middle of those things and he said, son, I'm saving you. I'm bringing you out of that stuff. And I can tell you this, if God ever asks me for something, it's yours. Because I live a life of gratitude. Because everything I have is his. He just happens to let me keep 90. Do you see what I'm getting at? Oh, it's so worth it. It's so worth it to live a life of gratitude because it changes who you are. It changes your heart, your character. But it's also such a joy to live a life of generosity. Oh, I love it. I love it. And here's what I got to tell you. You can never outgive God. I'm just telling you, you can try. But he'll always show up in ways that you can't ever predict. He is currently working behind the scenes in your life in ways that you will never know until they come to fruition. True story. I'm telling you, some of you got some blessings coming right now because you've been faithful. You've honored God. You've said, you know what, God, I'm going to give you the first. I'm giving you the 10. I'm all right off the top. I'm not, I'm not going to let this world steal that. And God says, kid, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You have no idea what I got for you coming. Isn't that good? Isn't that good to think about that the, the, the God of the universe is thinking that way about you? I don't know if that moves you. I sure hope it does. That there's a God out there that loves you that sent his son to die for you. Jesus. God, thank you. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for loving us so well. Thank you for, for giving your son. Thank you for setting the world up in such a way that these principles exist for our gain and our, our, our uh, provision. God, thank you. 
Guys, let's just pray a little bit together. I want to pray for anybody in this room that as I talked about some of these heart things that you would say, you know, I need to get this right. I need God to do some heart surgery. I've got a little selfishness in me. I've got a little fear in me. I, I've got something going on that, that, that is keeping me from being the generous one that God wants me to be. And so, Lord, I want to pray for anybody in this room that's struggling there. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what it tells us. I thank you, God, that you have something in here for us. Jesus, for anybody in this room right now that's struggling to give, they're struggling to trust you, they're struggling to put their finances in your hands. God, I pray in Jesus' name that the enemy, the lies of the enemy would be broken off of their lives, Jesus, that they would trust you above all things, that they would reject the lies of the enemy that says you don't have enough, you don't have enough, you don't have enough. I reject those in the name of Jesus. And I say in the name of Jesus that you have more than enough. You have more than enough. You have more than enough because Jesus is enough and he has everything that you need in Jesus name. Would you receive that today? Somebody today that's just living in fear. You're living in fear to honor God in this way. God, I pray in Jesus name for a release in Jesus name. Father, would you release the blessing? as they trust you, as they love you, as they give unto you, and as they give unto people, God, would you bless their finances? As they honor you with your tithe, God, would you bless their finances, Jesus? Would you bless their marriage? Would you bless their friendship? God, I pray for those things, Jesus. If you're here and you want to take that step, God, I pray in faith that faith would rise in these individuals. Faith would rise in every person in here that's willing to take a step of faith and trust you in their lives. To trust you with their giving. Not just their money, with their giving. Jesus. Thank you, Father. You know, the Bible says that in order to spend eternity with God, we have to be born again. And you know, I mentioned about being born again givers. But it's hard to become a giver if we haven't experienced the giver. See, Jesus says to us that if you'll come to me, that I'll give you eternal life. I'll give you freedom over sin. I'll give you freedom over death even. And so I don't know where you are in your journey, but I just, I want to offer a prayer for anybody in here that's like, if I'm honest, I don't know if I'm, quote, born again. I don't know if I've taken that step. Matter of fact, I'm not sure I'll spend eternity with God in heaven. You know, the scripture says that if you'll confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is who he says he is, that he'll come in and he will save you. He will save you and set you free and you will spend eternity with him. And so if you're here today and that's not your story, I want to pray for you. And so church, let's all pray together this prayer. I don't want anybody praying alone, but if, but if it's your heart to take this step to be born again, I want to pray for you. And so just say this prayer after me if this is your heart. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I need a Savior. Would you forgive me of my sins? Would you forgive me for the times that I've walked away from you? I'm turning and coming to you today. 
I surrender my life to you. Would you be my Lord? Would you change me from the inside out? Would you help me to trust you in faith? I choose this day to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we just celebrate anybody that was making a decision today? In Jesus' name, welcome to the family.